When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, someone who's put together an incredible career, really a wonderful career, a very talented man, and you know his work from so many things. Breaking Bad, everybody's going to know him from Escape from Alcatraz. He's got a resume a mile long. Friends, right? People remember him from Friends as well, planes, trains, automobiles, a little bit of everything. He does it all. Larry Hankin is our very special guest, actor and director, comedian. Thrilled to have you, Larry. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm fine, Frank. Uh, and how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm thrilled okay. to have you. I've been dying to have you for the longest time. If you don't mind, let's do a little bit of your history, and let's start from the beginning. Yep. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Oh, wow, you know, <laughs> that's a, a great question. You know, I've been doing a lot of interviews, and you're the first guy that's asked me that, so cool. <laughs> um, um, I was born in New York City, Manhattan uh, General Hospital. I lived, uh, grew up in Far Rockaway, Long Island, went to Far Rockaway High, graduated. I was a lifeguard there because it was on the beach. Uh, I grew up in a beach community. Uh, and then I went to Syracuse University for, uh, I, I graduated as an industrial designer. And then I never actually um, used that. I didn't really, I did it for my parents. I went to college for my parents. Because I didn't really know what I wanted to do, yeah. I probably still don't. But <laughs> but I I I, I uh, didn't know. What, so I said, okay, I'll go to college. Uh, industrial design is fine. So I graduated. But uh, then I met Carl Gottlieb, who wrote Jaws at Syracuse, and we were uh, became uh, best friends. We hung around together. We <laughs> defended one another in many fights. He was a great writer then, uh, even then. Um, he wrote for the Orange, and one of the great, uh, the thing that kind of uh, cemented our friendship was, and he wrote a column against uh, the football team. We had uh, 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 Jim, oh, Jimmy Brown, oh, yeah. who was the, the great, yeah. Jim, Jim Brown Br- was the, yeah, yeah, it was the big Jim deal. Brown was on the football team, the great Orange, and he hated the football team, he hated the marching band, <laughs> and he wrote columns about them all the time. And finally, uh, they hung him in effigy. They hung Carl Gottlieb in effigy and wow. burned it and hung it in the middle of the, the, the campus. Amazing. You've got to be some kind of writer to get that kind of reaction. So, uh, that, but, uh, so we were watching a football game, and uh, my fraternity at the time decided they were going to hand him, Carl, who was sitting with me. We were up in the top tier. They were going to hand him down, you know, hand over hand over hand to the football team and the marching band who were right below us on the, on the 50 yard line. Uh, so they could beat them up. Uh, so we, so we, uh, protect me and Carl took on my fraternity and they backed down finally. But so that kind of cemented us. So when we, 
graduated, uh, we, uh, he, Carl, wanted to write for newspapers in New York. So we went to New York. We lived in Greenwich Village. We were roommates. So he was uh, reviewing movies, and I became a stand-up comedian because I had nothing to do. I really didn't know what I wanted to, to do. I didn't want to be a designer. So I would work in uh, washing. I would work in bars, cleaning up, and stuff like that. And at night, while he was reviewing movies, I would go to the uh, what do you call it? The, the coffee shops around there. Yeah. And I would get on stage, you know, open mics on Monday because I was a funny guy in high school. So I thought, well, you know, let me try this. Uh, I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Uh, so I would get on stage. Uh, you know, you get like uh, I think it was three minutes, or then finally ten minutes. So I was doing opening mics for a couple of months, and uh, I was really bad. I, I, I cannot believe how bad I was. <laughs> Basically, I, I was billing myself as a stand-up comedian, and I wasn't getting any laughs. Yeah. So, uh, but but I, I kept on thinking, next Monday I can be better. Yeah. And sure enough, I finally, uh, after about six months, I was opening for Woody Allen. So I guess my learning curve kicked in there. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. I, I was. And now he wasn't Woody Allen at the time. He was just a guy named Woody Allen yeah. who was doing the coffee house circuits. He wasn't doing Monday nights. He was actually headlining at the coffee houses and then some nightclubs in Greenwich Village. And so his manager came in one night to um, one of my stand-ups at, uh, on Monday night. And he said, hey, you got a manager? I said, no. He said, you want one? I said, yeah. And he said, okay, fine. And so we shook uh, hands, and he had me opening for Woody for, for about uh, six six months, and then Woody hit big, huge. He did the Ed Sullivan show, and then he started to really – so we separated because he was uh, now doing uh, television and stuff. And so um, I was doing Lenny Bruce type of stuff. That's, wow. that's what I was doing. So I couldn't take it though. <laughs> I mean, well, once I hit making money and being booked into, I did the, I did the Playboy Club. I was opening for the Kingston Trio. You know, I was doing, you know, real, you know, in the in the trenches with nightclubs. And here's the thing: um, I couldn't take it. I wasn't doing drugs at all at the time, and but I was doing Lenny Bruce type of material. I even saw Lenny. Uh, and I didn't think he was that funny. He was funny, but I didn't think I was doing the same thing. But I was talking about pot. He was talking about heavier stuff yeah. and the police. And I was just talking about the police, uh, you know, as uh, having to do with marijuana. So I was, and I was saying, fuck on stage, big deal. Right. Uh, but in those days, that was like big deal. So I finally was opening for like the Love and Spoon till I did the rock and roll scene. They they kind of liked my humor. Yeah. So I was opening for the Love and Spoon full, and then finally the police started dragging me off stage. <laughs> wow. uh, at Washington uh, Washington uh, University um, uh, down south. Uh, so uh, when the cops dragged me off stage, I uh, the Love Spoonful thought it was very funny, <laughs> but I I was kind of confused. I, hey man, I just said fuck, and I was talking about God. What's the big deal? But it was, and they took me off stage. So I called my manager, it was Woody's manager at the time, and then I did. Um, well, there was one gig right after that. 
Jack's on the highway or Lenny's on the highway in Boston. And it was a nightclub. And you know how the dance floor in nightclubs, the, the, the bandstand is only about five inches off the dance floor. Yeah. Then there's a dance floor clear and then the, the the tables are behind there so when i stood on the stage the, the five inch platform i couldn't see beyond the dance floor nobody was dancing i was talking and then there was blackness out there so i couldn't see the crowd it was a stormy night and so nobody you know, about 10 20 people in the audience and as i started to talk about god i'll never remember i'll never forget this i was opening for the kingston trio and i was talking about god and um, I hear a voice come in and says, we don't want to hear that. Bring on the Kingston trio. I said, well, the heck of I kept on going. And he says, hey, get off the stage. I want to hear. And there's this voice coming out of the blackness. I didn't know if there was 100 people or just 20 people. So I kept on going. And then all of a sudden, out of the darkness, this big, like bow hunk of a guy, man. Starts walking towards me across the dance floor, and he's got a beer bottle in his hand, and it's upside down. You know, oh, no. He's it by the neck, and he says, get the fuck off the stage. Where's the Kingston Trio? I said, get off the stage. So I said, fine, man. I just walked off the stage, went over to the bartender, and I said, where's the bouncer? And the bartender said, um, I'm the bouncer. What do you want? <laughs> I said, did you just see that guy? He came at me with a beer bottle. And he said, I don't care. Yeah, I did see him, but you got five more minutes. Get back on the stage. Oh, my God. And I said, no, man, unless, unless you get that beer bottle out of the guy's hand. And he said, you either get back on the stage, you don't get paid. So I said, not only am I not getting paid, I'm not getting back on the stage. And good night. And I just walked out. I called my manager and I said, hey. I'm not Lenny Bruce. I'm a middle-class Jewish kid, and I, 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 I this is not my shtick. I, 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 I'm not, you know. So he said, okay, why don't you just join Second City? So that got me on the thing about acting. Wow. So I, I, uh, I went back to New York, and I auditioned for Second City. Actually, I auditioned with Robin Williams. Uh, he was uh, not Robin Williams at the time either. Yeah. But wow. he was wearing the the uh, rainbow suspenders. I remember that, and, and the uh, big big overalls. Uh. So I I did audition with him, and we both got it. We got into Second City, and I was shipped to. Um, I was shipped to uh, where down south somewhere. Um, I don't know, St. Louis, St. Louis, yeah. Missouri, and uh, so I was there for about six months. Then we went up to Chicago. And then I was uh, Jack Burns' roommate. Uh, Jack Burns had also uh, been in Second City in uh, St. Louis. So me and Jack Burns. Do you know who Jack Burns is, yeah. by the way? Yeah, uh, yeah, he had a good uh, career. Uh, Hee Haw. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Hee and he, he invented you. And he was with, um, he did that taxi thing. Him and, uh, 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 he had a duo. But anyway, he was my roommate. And uh, we did uh, St. Louis for a year. We we were booked in for two months, and we were held over for a year. So uh, the, the Second City Company. And then Jack and me went up to Second City in Chicago to the home company. And then we were let go. Both of us were let go because it was last uh, hired, first fired. There was nine people on the stage, and they just you can't improvise with nine people. Nobody... Nobody gets enough time on stage, you know, so uh, we were both let go. We weren't fired. Uh, I hung around. He went to Hollywood and invented 
uh, he was. Yeah. And I uh, stayed in Chicago, uh, and and Alan Meyerson, you know, you don't know him, but he started the committee. A couple of people were fired from the New York Second City Company. Uh, Alan Meyerson was the director there, and they came through Chicago. And I had auditioned for Alan Meyerson. That's how I got the Second City job in the first place. Let me interrupt you for a second. I'm going to remind sure. folks who are just tuning in or turning on their radios a little late who they're listening to. You're listening to a wonderful actor, comedian, and we're getting a little bit of his history here. Larry Hankin is our very special guest, and you know him from all sorts of things. Uh, certainly uh, Friends, you know, the kids are watching that today. My kids uh, are watching Friends and Breaking Yeah, Bad. that's amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's amazing. There's a whole new audience of young kids who are watching Friends. and Yeah, I mean... Uh, you, yeah, you know, all those old TV shows. Yeah, just unbelievable. But again, Larry Hankin is our very special guest, Frank McKay here. Just a quick thing about Jack Burns. Didn't he take over yeah. for Don Knotts on Andy yes. Griffith? Right. Yes. Right, yes. that's yes. the same right. guy. Yes. That was your right. roommate. Exactly. Wow. That was my... <laughs> he was a... He was a um, man, was he a, t- a tumbler, they, they called... Yeah, he was, he was crazy, man. Very, very wild, uh, crazy, but funny. Really funny guy. Yeah. yeah. He's my roommate. Yeah. Wow, you got some history. I wouldn't have known any of this. I remember you did... If I'm misremembering this, forgive me, but you did a That Girl, right, with Marlo Thomas? Wow. Yeah, you've done your homework. Well, I guess you went on IMDb. Yeah, Yeah, well, no, no. I have, but I don't know if that's on there. Was it uncredited or? I I don't know, but that was so long ago. But, yeah, I mean, I've done a a lot of, uh, well, that's how I became Larry Hankin that people know is I did all these sitcoms in the, in the, uh, the seven, the eighties, and eighties and nineties. So yeah, a lot of them. And, and then finally, what? Not to interrupt, but Gottlieb also Go did the Jerk. I know Jaws was his big deal, but yes. he did a lot of work. But he did the Jerk oh, with Steve Martin. Yeah. And you did something he, uh, in that, right? Did you do something in the Jerk? Yes. Uh, yeah. My in some edited versions, uh, a, a lot of my scenes were cut out. Not because I, I was bad, but I was just. A small actor in that. I mean, I was almost just a, a, a walk-on. Yeah. I had a couple of lines, but it wasn't an important part. I got in because I was friends with Carl and uh, because uh, I, I knew uh, Steve, uh, and I was just hanging around. And they, you know, so okay, cool. You know, what, put him in the movie. Acting-wise, what was the big break? What broke you? What made you Larry Hankin, as you would say? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think, uh, actually, it never uh, happened that way. I became Larry Hankin because of all the sitcoms that I, I did. Uh, I, was, I was doing just a lot of one-offs, but it was like, and they were all big hit shows. Yeah. So it was like I was a regular, but just randomly. Yeah. <laughs> but I had, the, I had the field covered. I think I did every sitcom 
in the, in the 70s, uh, in, well, 70s and 80s, but 80s and 90s mainly, uh, but even in the, uh, the end of the 70s. Yeah, and then some in the in the 60s, like Laverne and Shirley, uh, I, I was in that. That was, I guess, in the early 70s or something. Wow. But, yeah. but that's, that's how I did it. The escape from Alcatraz was could have, there was two things that happened that could have made me Larry Hankin or, or or bigger, but I never cashed in because I wasn't interested in being an actor. Frankly, I, I never was and still am not. I'm a stand-up comedian. I will always be a stand-up comedian, and that's what I've always wanted to be. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, you say that, but I mean, you're a hell of an actor. In that scenes, the scenes that you were in in Breaking Bad, especially the one that's oh, so yeah. memorable, yeah. I mean, you blew me away. I think you blew everybody away. No one was expecting that, you know, and if people listening don't know the scene I'm talking about, it was in the junkyard, in the scrapyard, and when you started quoting law and you started, you know, telling wow. them, yeah, what an unbelievable scene that was, and that was, that was dynamite. Oh. Cow, man. Now, let me tell you about that, because that's, you see, and that's the the difference between being in a scene and watching a scene. My view of that scene is completely different because of where my head was at during that time and and during that scene. I'll tell you the the difference. Um, A lot of people talk about that. Not only that, um, the Vince, Vince Gilligan, yeah. We saw that scene. Um, and after I did, uh, there was, there's two parts to the scene. There's, I think that the beginning of the scene is where I'm inside and I'm talking to Brian uh, at Cranston and saying, yeah, I'll buy the Winnebago. And then I go out and then later we come back where the copy is and I'm doing that law talk, walking outside. So there's, there was two scenes. The combination of, of those two, I was very nervous because of Brian Cranston. I really look up to him and I'm a fan of his. So being in a scene with somebody who you're a fan of is rather disconcerting for, for me anyway. I, you know, So I was really trying to pay a lot of attention. But when I auditioned and when I got that scene, I auditioned for the inside scene where, where I'm, I'm just talking to Brian, it's just one one on one, and I'm paying him money for the Winnebago. Okay, I auditioned for it, I got that scene. It's a very short scene, simple scene. Didn't have to study at all. And I gotta just tell everybody, I have very serious ADHD, and memorizing is, is just a killer for me. I mean, it just, it takes me a long time, and it's amazing. So I have to request scenes in advance, you know, uh, for to memorize. Anyway, so I memorized that scene, and then when I get on the set, and we're out in the middle of the desert, it's 45 minutes out into the desert before you can get back. So we're out there, and my outside... Uh, so I, I get into my Winnebago, and there's your part on the, on the table. And I look at the part, and there's two scenes. One is the, where I'm buying the Winnebago, and then there's another scene, and it's a page. It's an entire page, the scene you're talking about, the law. That's a monologue that's one full page long. And I, I walk in, I look at the, and I go to the AD who had accompanied me to my Winnebago. And he goes, I said, well, what is this? And he says, well, Vince saw your audition and he thought you were such a good actor. He wrote you another scene. Wow. It's a monologue. Wow. Yeah. Well, I didn't say, wow. I said, what the? 
Right. Are you kidding? I, said, I, I can't memorize. How long do I have before this scene is up? He said, two hours. I said, I can't memorize this in two hours. I need overnight. This is a, a you know, and I just, I went off on the kid. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> so he goes, uh, look, I, I have to, uh, I said, let me talk to, let me talk to Vince. And he goes, Vince is in here. So, uh, and then he left. He wanted to get out of there because he saw I was you know, on the edge of something. So I, I, he just left and I, tr- I try to memorize it as best I can. I think in the two hours, I think I got to it maybe once kind of. And I thought, well, okay, so I'm going to get fired. I've always wanted to work on this show, and now I'm going to get fired. But okay. I mean, you just, I just wiped it out. You know, I just, okay, and I went out. And so that's what was going through my head while you were watching the scene that was in the movie, in in the scene. So when I did it, I I just, you know, and he said, I said, well, we're going to do this in sections, right? I figured, well, they show it in sections. I can just memorize each section. That that might be okay. Uh, And I go to the director and I go, well, you know, we're going to shoot this in sections, right? And he goes, no, it's going to be one long take. You're going to just walk towards the camera and you're going to, it's a walk and talk. That's what you got. That's what they call those scenes, by the way. It's a walk and talk. So I, I go, no, man. And he goes, what? I go, no, nothing, never mind. And then and he goes, he gives me a long distance thing, whatever that scene is, about, you know, 50 feet or something. And he says, just walk towards the camera. And I go, sure. <laughs> and I, I go, okay. And he goes, you ready, Larry? And I go, yeah. And I start walking and talking. And I get to the end and he goes, oh, cut. And then he just starts talking to the cameraman. And I go, wow, I, I guess I nailed it. And then I see the um, the script girl. Now, the script girl is in charge. And not a, it's not a girl. It's a woman. But they call it a script girl. The script woman uh, is kind of walking towards me. She's got the book open. And I know what that means. She's got a pencil in her hand. It means that you haven't done it exactly right. And she's going to give you, you know, the, the, the line that you missed or the word you missed. Okay, so she's walking towards me, and she shows me the book, and every other word is circled. And she says, "Um, yeah, and I go, what is this? And she says, well, you know, um, the the director wants you to do it again. Um, They'd like you to do it verbatim. And she's really apologetic, and I go, "I I can't do it verbatim. I got it pretty close, though, right? Yeah. And she says, pretty close is not what they want. They want verbatim. And I go, okay, um, l- l- let, me, um, let me talk to the writer. And she says, the writer is the director, and he wants you to do it verbatim. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay. Cool. And then the director says, so she, you know, I'm, I'm back I'm back in square one. So 50 feet away, the director goes, any problems, Larry? <laughs> I go, no, no. So he says, you want some time? And I go, no, no, let's just do it again. Because I figured, no, I need overnight is what I need. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I say, no, let's just do it again. Okay, fine. Keep your thought. We're coming up on a quick break. Let me remind folks of who they're listening to. Larry Hankin is our very special guest. I think you can go to LarryHankin.com, but check out his IMDb. It's a mile long, 
and you'll know his work. And this is what I tell you to do. If you watch the scene that we just talked about here in Breaking Bad, then you watch him do, I'm trying to think of the guys, Heckles and Friends right after that, and then watch Escape from New York, and you will see, you'll think it's three different guys, you know, other than the look. <laughs> I, I mean, he is a great actor, just an wow, amazing thank you, man. actor. Larry Hankin from Breaking Bad fame and Friends and everything else. Frank McKay, signing off just for a moment. We'll be back right after this break with more from actor Larry Hankin. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, a great actor, really a wonderful actor, and you've seen his work in so many things. Go to his IMDb. Larry Hankin is our very special guest, and I'm thrilled to have him. So many people know him from Friends, and they know him from Breaking Bad and Escape from New York. I mentioned that girl. That's Escape a, gotta, from Alcatraz. Oh, oh, what did I say? Escape from New York. Yeah, Escape, Escape from, from New Alcatraz. York. Yeah, Escape yeah. from Alcatraz. A, Escape from much different. Oh, that's what I was Oh, right. You're, you're right. You said Escape from uh, New York. Escape from Alcatraz. I was wondering was I in Escape no, from New no, York? No, 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 no. Yeah, right. You can easily, no, no. easily forget. <laughs> no. You've been in some... But Escape from Alcatraz right. with Clint Eastwood. Right, yes. So so you're, you're right. There are three different characters. Yeah, I, I, that's true. I that's never looked at it that Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right, if you watch yeah. them back to back to back, you will say this guy is some actor. I mean, honestly, you're a very modest guy, but you are one hell of an actor, and you really are. I've always cool. watched you. Are, everything you're in, I always watch. And I'm going to start asking for more money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. Okay. Well, well, listen, but when did it start feeling right? When did everything start feeling right? Probably not in the stand-up days, right? You knew there was a second part. Never. It never. It never. It, it never. Let, let me just finish that that, that story because the, the end of the uh, of the, the Breaking, Bad. Breaking Bad thing is 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 that I did. I he said, "All right, do it again." And then he comes and walks over next to me, and he says. The cinematographer says, don't you want to stand next to the camera? And the director says, no, I want to stand next to Larry because I want to see if he does it right. And he has the book, and I go, oh, I don't need this. You know, he's going to walk next to me right off of camera, out of camera range with the book. So I just walked and talked, and I didn't do it right at all. I mean, I, he made me so nervous. And then he goes... When I finished walking and talking and doing it wrong, and he's walking next to me, he just goes over to the cameraman and he says, moving on, let's go. And I go, what the hell? I didn't do it right at all. But when you see it on the camera, when you see it in the, in the show, what they did was they just took my words, my speeches, and they put it over cutaways of the cop and inside the Winnebago of uh, Brian and uh, the kid. Hmm. So you never actually see me walking and talking. You just hear my voice, which they edited together. So it was a, so movies is magic, man. Yeah. That, what you described is not what happened. It's not what you saw. Yeah, right. So that's amazing. That, yeah. that, so they made me a great actor in that, <laughs> in that scene. Yeah. And, and the one inside the Winnebago, no, that was pretty cool acting. I liked that myself. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, it's all good to us. You know, I mean, we're watching yeah. it. Maybe The Sopranos takes it or Seinfeld or whatever, but Breaking Bad is in the top five. In my, oh, my man, that's a great uh, Greatest a great shows movie. of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Now, the, the, the other thing about you asking the question about, you know, when does it feel good? It never does. You know, I, I just did uh, Barry a couple of months ago. 
And that to me was required acting. That, that was the first time actually in my career where I had to think like an actor and you create a backstory. And I never do that. I never do homework. I just memorize the lines and, and try to act like the lines would be telling me to act, but I don't, I don't work it up. I just memorize. But in that, in the Barry thing, no, I, I really, because I really respect Bill Hader. I think he's incredible actor and a director and his show is amazing. But when I did that, I, I, they weren't on the air yet. So I had nothing to compare to. I just knew his work. So when I got the part, it was short enough so I could study it and get into it and the backstory and everything. And they wanted to know if I could do a Russian accent. And I, I said, yeah, yeah, I can also ride a horse, you know, whatever. You just say yes. But, you know, my, my, my Russian accent was, uh, you know, Second City Russian accent, you know, improvisational Russian. It's not a real Russian accent. It's a comedy Russian accent. Right, right. But I did that, and they had a coach there. They had a Russian coach, and she said it was fine. She, she listened, and she said, no, it's you know, it's fine. So that was real acting. And, and the thing about that was I was, a, that was where I was really nervous because Bill is a really good actor. Yeah. So, and he was directing, but that son of a gun, man. I, I, he never, he never gave me any direction. He, he's like Woody Allen. Never, if, he, if he doesn't say anything, you're doing okay. Yeah, if he starts talking to you, you're, you're off, off the map somewhere. Hey, let me interrupt you once again. Larry Hankin, a wonderful actor. And again, his resume is a mile long, but I keep going back to Breaking Bad because it was just so popular and still so popular. Friends and Escape from Alcatraz. I, if I said Escape from New York, forgive me, everyone. But <laughs> Frank McKay here with a terrific actor still going strong he's got a book coming out we'll talk about that in a little bit but let me just urge everybody to check out all this stuff now i heard something about friends that netflix pays a hundred million dollars a year to play friends i don't know if i got the right numbers but i heard that quoted from a pretty you know like publicly quoted from a very big source i mean it's unbelievable if you think about it yeah i mean a hundred million dollars a year for netflix to put on friends and i think the office is up there too but so there are new generations of kids watching you as heckles and i mean you must get walked up to all the time and just people remember you for all different films and all different movies right do you have that experience where oh yeah i mean there's heckles heckles and uh tom pepper from seinfeld and is uh but 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 mr heckles is the the all-time you know i i i want to outlive mr heckles (laughs) i i I really that's my if i ever was an actor i want to outlive i want to create a character that outshines heckles. I didn't do it. I mean, I was just, that's a sitcom. You know, it's another sitcom. You walk in, but I did five of them. So that, that's, that's why heckles is so popular. I mean, every, everything else I did a one-off, I think in, uh, Laverne and Shirley, maybe I did two, uh, breaking bad. I did two, but heckles, I did five. Uh, and, and that, I guess really cemented, 
the image of Larry Hankin and, and Mr. Heckles. And it was pretty funny. I mean, they're, they're good writers. I mean, yeah, Friends is a good show. Yeah. It's a good show. But I didn't, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting any uh, piece of that hundred million, by the way. Oh, that's a shame. So, wow. Yeah, very, a big shame. Yeah. yeah. But, but now that it's yeah. on Netflix, I have people come up to me all the time and they say, yeah, my, my, my uh, 10-year-old or my 11-year-old really loves Mr. Heckles. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. I'm not asking you to get specific or getting too personal, but is there anything you ever got in the mail? You, you got a mailbox surprise check come from a role that you just can't believe it turned out to be so big. I mean, is there anything that... that yeah. Yeah. Well, give me an example. It only happened once, uh, but it, it was specifically what you're talking about. It blew my mind. Um I was, uh, this is Home Alone, yeah. uh, Home Alone 2. Um, so I was in Home Alone 1. Uh, I was a taxi driver. Right. And then I was in uh, another uh, movie of uh, John Hughes called uh, Trains, Planes, and Auto. So I was in two of his movies. So now Home Alone 2 comes along, and he wants me in that uh, too. Uh, I get a call from my manager my, my agent saying, our John Hughes people called me. They want you in Home Alone 2. Daniel, uh, whatever, Daniel Stearns, I believe it is. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stearns were the two co-stars of, of Home Alone 2. Right. And Daniel Stearns, and this is what my, my agent is telling me on the phone. He says, Daniel Stearns is up to be co-star with Joe Pesci. Daniel, and they started the movie already. They shot one day. And Daniel Stearns is now giving them a, a lot of, or their, their agents, giving them a lot of trouble about the money. And Daniel Stearns has now quit. So instead of negotiating with Daniel Stearns, John Hughes wants me to replace Daniel Stearns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, my agent says to me, pack your bags. If this goes through, you got to be on set tomorrow morning. Uh, and, uh, so pack your bags. You have to catch a plane tonight, but the the negotiation isn't finished. So just pack your bags, grip behind the couch, sit there and wait for a phone call. I'll call you within two hours. So I sat down for two hours. I get a phone call. He says, okay, it's, it, it's over. Daniel Stearns broke. He, he, he capitulated. He's continuing to do the movie. You're out. And I go, oh, and that, that's it? He says, wow. that's it, end of story. Yeah. So he hangs up. So I hang up. So now I'm really pissed. You know, all that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I forget about it. About two weeks later, I get a call from my agent again. He said, hey, Home Alone just called. They want to talk to you on the phone. So they, get, so they patch in the producers through my agent and me, and the producers are very apologetic. He said, Larry... Here's what's going on. We really feel bad that we set you up to fail with the Daniel Stern negotiation. We use you as a negotiating a pawn, actually. And we really feel guilty about it. So we'd like you to be in the movie. Um, we don't have any parts left except a small part. It's a uh, policeman talking to the mother of the kid. Uh, and... Um, um, let me see. Maybe it was the first. Maybe it was the first movie. I, I don't know. I can't remember. 
But but I was uh, talking on the phone. He was left home. Uh, I'm talking to the mother. She's in France. And I'm just a cop on the phone. He says, it's a small com- conversation. However, he says, because we set you up to fail, we're willing to pay you, fly you in first class, pick you up with a, lim- a limo, a chauffeur driven on both ends, drop you off, take you back. Uh, and um, it's only a half hour. It's only a half a day. We'll fly in Chicago. And for the half a day, we'll pay you $10,000. Is that okay? Just as an apology, wow. will you accept that? So I said, um, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> so nice. they, you know, so he said, okay, fine. And they, they hung up and then the manager and the agent says, cool, Larry, thanks. Okay, we'll, we'll solidify it. Great. He hangs up and I'm, you know, where are you being? Or all around the okay. <laughs> so that, that's the first thing. So that answers your question. That blew my mind. However, the second blew my mind was with the same deal because after two years, that movie came out and me getting $10,000 for a half a day's work um, and all the uh, uh, glazed donuts I could eat, by the way, <laughs> um, I got another huge check of five to ten to $15,000 just off of the replays of the thing when it was, you know, set out as a DVD. And I, and I keep getting every Christmas, I keep getting a huge check, a couple of thousand dollars, not 10,000, but, but a nice chunk yeah. of money around Christmas. Cause they play that around Christmas. Wow. So, uh, so, yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, it doesn't happen too often. Although I think that's the only time, but yeah. Terrific. Again, Larry Hankin is the voice you're hearing, and you know his acting work from so many things. Home Alone, as he mentioned, and Laverne and Shirley over the years, all of these episodic shows. Just what a terrific career he's had. Breaking Bad, Friends, Seinfeld. Yeah, I forgot about Seinfeld. Jeez, that's another big deal. I mean, you're talking about the greatest shows of all time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, comedy. You know, you can't. Yeah, you can't write it better than that. You can't plan that stuff. You can't plan that. I mean, I just went out for auditions. That's really funny, it, which means that, by the way, I just thought of this just now, but yeah. it means that all the bad shows really didn't take me. I wasn't good enough for the bad shows. <laughs> That's right. I, I mean, there's not many bad shows that I did. I mean, the, 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 the parts that I, because I auditioned a lot, you know, you have to audition a lot to get one part. You know, I mean, that's just the average. You know, I've said this about a few people, but if you ever did the six degrees of Larry Hankin and (laughs) all all the people, all the people that you've worked with, I mean, it's everybody. I mean, you're talking from Marlo Thomas to this one to, you know, she's married to Phil Donahue and this one's, you know, and then Penny Marshall and and Gary. Oh, you did an odd couple. Did you do it? Wow, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I had thought about that. Not in that way. That's a very unique way. But I have thought about, you know, I, in my, in my show business life, history, yeah, I have met, because not only do I, did I work with a lot of famous people who are actors who I was like second banana to, or, you know, in this show, but I also, because I was a stand-up comedian for a good many years in the 60s, I, I worked only with rock and roll people. So I've met those kind of famous people too. Like I, I've met, you know, uh, um, the, the Rolling Stones and all the rock bands. I worked with all of 
uh, and I, I met all of them, you know, Christopherson and Dylan and uh, whoever was big in the 60s. I would open for them either in a an arena show or a, a, um, a folk show. What so, you know, yeah, yeah, but not anything like you can't plan that stuff. Well, it's just yeah. somebody would show up and say, hey, you want to do this? I go, yeah, OK, fine. Well, listen, Larry Hankin is our very special guest. Frank McKay here. I'm sure a million people over the years have said you got to write a book. He's got a book coming out. Oh, Let's, yeah, by the way, it's called ahead. Quirky. Quirky? It's, kind of, it's coming out in a couple of months. Quirky, look for it. Larry Hankin. It's poems, it's poems stories, and rants. Uh, short, short stories. They're all short stories. It's called Quirky. Terrific. I mean, look, we got a couple minutes left. Give us oh, some okay. place where people can get in touch with you. Hopefully you'll promise to do a part two with me and uh, oh, sure. we can get more of this. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get more into you know all the comedic stuff you did early on and you know even getting arrested and the Lenny Bruce oh, type thing that really stuff. wasn't yeah but we got to do a part two on that we need more time for all of that but what's next what's the rest of the year look like for you okay for the rest of the years I got a really big motion picture coming out which I can't tell you about at all because I had to sign an NDA which is another weird thing non-disclosure uh, agreement Trump has those yeah. with his girlfriend <laughs> I have it with the uh, movie industry, uh, but it's a big movie, and I can't tell you about it. I don't know why I had to sign an NDA, but illegally, I, I just can't. Yeah. So that's one thing. Then I got a book coming out around the same time. I'm planning it that way, called Quirky, and it's uh, short stories, fables that I've written, and uh, satires, political satires, poems, P-O-M-E-S. Uh, actually, they're, uh, uh, what do you call it, the... Uh, uh, um, I can't remember the other name for poems, but oh, doggerel. Oh, they're doggerel poems. Yeah. They're doggerel poems. Yeah. They're, they're kind of, you know, funny poems. And, uh, and, and short stories. And also uh, a history of uh, a, a homeless guy uh, called uh, Barnum Justice, who, a very interesting, weird, weird old guy that I, I met. Uh, so, uh, so that's coming out called Quirky. Oh, um, so that's it. That's yeah. the future. And uh, I have short, oh, I have one, one, two more things. Go ahead. Uh, and I'm making short films. So that, that's nice. just another thing. Go to LarryHankin.com. Try to catch him up there, but Google him, and you will see an unbelievable <laughs> history. I mean, uh, go to IMDb. You'll be blown away. You'll say, I remember him from that, or I don't remember him from that, but you'll go back and you'll see it. And But again, Breaking Bad, Seinfeld. Friends or, or Facebook, you know, yeah. Larry Hank and Facebook. Yeah, find them there. Whatever. Listen, real honor talking to you. What a career you have Thank put you, together. Frank. <laughs> Unbelievable. And hopefully we can get you back for a part two one of these days. And sure. every, everyone buy Quirky when it's out. Quirky is the name of the book. Larry, thank you very much for being here. And congratulations you, on Frank. all the success. You too, man. Thank you. Rock on. Yeah, you too. Larry Hankin, everyone. Wonderful actor. And check him out. Go to his IMDb. Brilliant actor. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.